My name is Curtis Merriweather Jr. You are listening to the Business Profit Podcast. Are you an aspiring, new, or seasoned business professional? Then you're in the right place. This podcast is unlike other podcasts because we seek to create a synergistic relationship between business and theology. The insights shared on this podcast will stir your faith and give you the push needed to realize new dimensions as either a current or emerging business leader. Like many of you, I'm called to the marketplace. The boardroom is my pulpit. Therefore, I invite you to travel along this learning odyssey with me. So buckle up. Let's go. It's your boy, Kurt. Welcome to the Business Profit Podcast. We got a great episode today. I have a special guest. Let's get into this. <laughs> I got my special guest here today, Miss Sakina Merriweather. She goes by Kina. And I'm going to let Kina just briefly introduce herself to the audience. Um, I don't know. You were not even, we didn't even have you on here last season for the first season of the podcast. As you know, and I told the audience last week, we have gone a different direction this season with the podcast. I explained last week on the first episode of the second season that I renamed the podcast and why. So I did not talk a whole lot about my family last season. So in this season, Kena just came off a oh, an amazing business conference this weekend. I don't know if we're going to get into any of that. But I wanted to, at a minimum, allow Kena to introduce herself because we have an amazing topic for um, our listeners today. And I just wanted to provide context for why Kena and I are qualified to have this conversation we're going to have today. So welcome. Welcome, welcome, Miss Kina Merriweather to the podcast. Why are you laughing at me? Oh, you're funny. Why are you laughing at me? You're so funny. I'm very um, blessed to be here to be a part of the Business Profit podcast. So I'm honored. And, um, I'm looking forward to seeing how this message, I said message, seeing how this podcast (laughs) evolves because I do believe that you have been called to this, this area, this mountain of the world of the marketplace. So thank you so much for having me here. Um, Did you tell me to introduce myself? I did. Tell the people who you are. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Well, I am Keena. I go by the Retail Boss on all social media platforms. Uh, I also teach in the marketplace as well. It is definitely my ministry, my lane that I stay in. (laughs) I help to empower women and entrepreneurs um, that walk in all different aspects of any industry when it comes to business. My primary focus had been beauty for a long time, but I have now shifted and broadened my horizons, so to speak. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Now, I'm going to tell people some things that I don't know if they know about me. And I'm only doing this because we're going to have a very different conversation today. So for those of you guys who may not know, Kena, before I talk about me, how long have you been an entrepreneur? 
I have been an entrepreneur well over, well, now it's, it's getting ready to be 20 years. Wow. 20 years. 20 years I've been an entrepreneur. So you're 25, so that means you started entrepreneurship <laughs> at five years old. Is that what you're telling me? Because you, you don't look a day over 25. So you've been doing oh, this goodness. for 20 years, then you started when you were five. I'll take look, okay. I'll take twenty five. Okay. I'll, I'll take that. Okay, I'll take that. Twenty five and holding. <laughs> All right. So you've been an entrepreneur for, might as well say, approximately two decades. Fair. Fair. Okay. So, um, for the listenership, and I know you guys have heard me last season bring a whole bunch of guest speakers on. Probably didn't talk a lot about myself last season. It was more about the guest and the content that we were trying to push into the to the space. But I'm going to take a couple minutes to talk just very briefly about, you know, just kind of my entrepreneurial step. So I think you guys learned a little, a little bit last week. I've been an entrepreneur now for over a decade. Many of you guys know I worked for the federal government for about uh, six, six and a half years post-college. And then, of course, all through uh, my senior year of high school, all the way through college, I was a contractor for Department of Energy. I did not work for the Department of Energy. I was a contractor for Department of Energy. Um, many of you, some of you may know that in 2020, I was named a game changer by the White House, specifically by the White House advisor for entrepreneurship and innovation. I was named a game changer last year. I was also featured in Harvard Business Review. Um, you guys, some of you know, I made my first million at 31. Um, the very first year of business, we made well over a million dollars in revenue that year. Second year after that, we uh, we almost $400,000 shy, almost doubled revenue. Some of you guys have heard this. But there's a reason why I am talking about all this. It's not to, you know, boast me and Keen up. We are who we are regardless of whether we tell you these things or not. But today... We're going to have a conversation um, that I haven't personally heard a lot about. And because of that conversation, we wanted to let you know that we're qualified to talk about the role of entrepreneurship in the marketplace. Now, this is the Business Profit Podcast, as you already know. But I don't know if a whole lot of people know what that term means. Kina, had you heard of the term business profit before we start talking about it maybe a year, two years ago? Honestly. No, I have not. I had not heard of business and profit in the same sentence, uh, let alone the marketplace. Um, but there's something that I think that's important that our listeners, that your listeners also may need to understand about you. And I don't know, well, you have probably talked about this in other episodes, but being a PK, and I was not a PK, but I grew up um, in the church. Um, and just watching um, the church operate as a business, I always knew there was some key principles besides just tithes and offerings that had to do with uh, how the church was financially supported. 
Mm. I just didn't understand or I didn't, I didn't know how to apply what I saw um, in my own business as a believer. Like I didn't understand how the two worked. We always, um, you know, growing up in the Baptist church, we always had like bake sales. We also, we always had like, we sold dinners and um, when they came time for church anniversary, everybody would make their pledge um, uh, to be a part of the choir. You know, we had to give, you know, pay dues, dues to be a part of the auxiliaries in the church to right. help fund um, whatever those particular auxiliaries did within the church. Okay. So it's kind of like the church itself and all the different auxiliaries, they had to support financially support themselves Understood. and the way we did that in the church back in the days um in the baptist church you know we put on different types of fundraisers so you know there was a big thing that we did we sold we sold we sold this candy called katie dids i don't know if you remember i don't these. i've never heard of Katie. okay dids. so up north in jersey we would sell katie dids and they would be in this big tin jar and they're basically turtles the turtles, the candies. Oh, like the pecan turtles, yes, the chocolate yes. turtles. Got it. Okay. Okay. So they were called Katie Dids, and I don't know if that was just the name of the company that made them back in the days, but for our to celebrate our choir's anniversary to gear up to those that event, we would sell Katie Dids throughout the year so that we could buy our robes, so that we could put on these these big extravagant. Um, choir anniversaries and we would invite all these choirs from all these different churches and the church would just be packed out and every choir that was there would come and represent their church and of course we're singing praises and you know worship to God but it was like a whole big old deal and in wow. order for that to happen we had to raise money and so throughout the year we would do all these things leading up into the event so each auxiliary in the church did the same exact thing. The missionary board, the usher board, every board had to do that. And so, um, you know, now that I understand business now as an entrepreneur and also as a kingdom entrepreneur, now I understand what was happening, what, what was going on. I didn't get it back then. But that was only one part. Applying the scriptures to that and believing and receiving and understanding how to move forward um, in our in our gifts within the church and also how to apply the word, you know, to what it was that we were doing. Like, I didn't really see that. I believe they had a piece of the principle. Right. So that it's it, it worked, but it didn't. It, it could have been larger, like it could have it could have grown bigger than what it was, but we were missing some key components. So I think today um, we do need someone. We do need prophets of the gospel that have applied these principles and have literally become prophets, God's prophets in the marketplace to be able to speak over the lives of people, to be able to speak into the lives of entrepreneurs, to help us to grow this thing that we call business in the marketplace and do it, you know, in, in the, in the eyesight of God and follow through with the scriptures as a blueprint, as a roadmap, you know? So yeah, I just wanted to kind of bring that up because 
I'm sure I'm not the only person that saw that, you know, growing right. up in the church. And a lot of times we didn't understand that the church was still operating as a business. Right. Like we, we didn't know that we didn't see that. We just, Hey, we didn't think about the lights being turned on. You know, we didn't think about the pastors getting paid. We didn't think about the the musicians getting paid. We didn't think about any of that. Like I honestly thought that everybody just did that of their own free will. I didn't, right. I didn't, I didn't know that there was like, you know what I'm saying? Some pay going on. I, I didn't, under, I didn't know that. You see what I'm saying? But now I'm starting to understand more about how the, the churches actually operate. But outside of the church being kingdom entre- entrepreneurs, how do we now apply the word of God to our, our businesses and our daily lives as we operate? So. No, that's amazing. And I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, we've often thought about, cause you know, I'm a PK Keenan's mom was an evangelist. So, you know, we both grew up in church and we only saw church. We only saw business in church from the philanthropic fundraising, mm-hmm. bake sales, mm-hmm. you know, the Krispy Kreme donuts from down South, <laughs> you know, the, the, what is it? The chocolates, the chocolate bars we used to sell, which we didn't do that long. My father's a non-denominational pastor, but so often, even in the movies today, business is demonized. You know, right. the business guy is the, is the villain. You know, he's, he's viewed as corrupt <laughs> and, you know, pick one of your favorite shows, you know, you know, many of you know, or maybe, well, maybe, maybe you don't. I like the show power and, you know, power is now taking a few different iterations, comes on stars. And of course, you know, the main character was a drug dealer. So, you know, again, he wanted, he was trying to go legit. He was trying to get away from the drug scene. He wanted to become an honest businessman. And he did some things that were shady and unethical. And, mm-hmm. you know, those are the stigmas that follow entrepreneurs mm-hmm. that are unethical, mm-hmm. that we break the rules, that we are greedy people. I mean, and that is so not true. And capitalism has gotten such a horrendous name. And I don't know why I believe you can honestly be a capitalist, love God, be ethical and provide service to the world, both in the terms of the products and services being rendered as well as in your philanthropic contributions. But today as a business owner, you're only seeing doing good when you're giving to, to nonprofit causes, Mm. but no one talks about, Starbucks and the things they do in terms of creating community mm-hmm. in their um, in their establishments. No one talks about how they pay above wage for a lot of their coffee beans. And I just pick on them because most of us can relate to the Starbucks model. But business is often demonized. And in the, they put out these nice slick brochures and they talk about all the things they're doing non-business-wise per se to show their value because, you know, because them making a profit today is demonized. It's not good enough. It's this, this, this perception that they've done horrible things to, to be profitable. Oh my God, to be profitable cannot be Christian. It's the way it's viewed. And I don't understand that when we go to college, we go to work, we do all these things to make a dollar, but yet when you're successful, now there's a problem. As long as you're poor, we have, we're okay with you, but God forbid you make millions of dollars or billions of dollars, then something's wrong with you. You've, and you've done unethical things to get on top. And do I recognize those things happen? Yes, but that's not everyone. Mm -hmm. But I digress. You know, I want to talk about today and Keenan and I have been talking around it. We want to talk about what is a business profit. 
what is a business profit? You know, right now, everyone in Christendom is, you know, talking about anointed for the marketplace. This has become the new buds phrase. You see <laughs> T-shirts, you see kingdompreneur, you see all these things. So entrepreneurship has now become vogue or the thing to do in church. And I think this has been popularized by many, and I won't call any names, by many of your favorite speakers in business who've gotten huge media platforms, they have glamorized entrepreneurship. But what we, Keenan and I endeavor to do today in the limited amount of time we're going to be here is to talk about what does it mean to be prophetic in the marketplace? Now, I'm just going to real quickly, you know, in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12, if you read in your Bible, and I hope our listeners do, and I'm going to just quote it. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And normally this scripture, if you like me, you grew up in church, you heard this and it was talking about the folks in church. It was talking about those folks confined in the four walls of the church, which I believe is true, but I believe, my personal belief, I didn't say God said none of this. I believe that's an incomplete definition because, you know, religion only accomplishes, only really touches a small segment of society. The reality is everyone is not going to church on Sunday, Wednesday, or Friday, or Saturday, whenever you worship, regardless of what your um, religious affiliation may be. The reality is everyone's not going to church for whatever reason, whether maybe they've been church hurt, maybe they don't believe in God, they believe in something. But um, so, this, I think, is a very narrow focus of that, of what this is. Um, the church, of course, is in you. And we normally assemble, and the scriptures are very clear about not forsaking the assembling of ourselves. In no way, I'm not, I'm not telling you not to go to church. Although COVID, uh, and you know, we're still dealing with this, it has really changed um, how a lot of us worship today, just based on you know social distancing measures and the spread of um, COVID symptoms and all those things is changed the dynamic for many of us in terms of how we view a church. But so let me talk just briefly before we get into the meat of this. What is a prophet? Prophet, I think the Greek word is prophetess. It is one who is moved by the spirit of God and therefore his spokesman, a foreteller, not fortune teller, not fortune telling, <laughs> you know, prophetic and fortune tellers look, look very similar. However, the difference being in what spirit are they tapping into? Are you, talk, are you tapping into the demonic realm through fortune telling? Mm -hmm. And I'm not trying to offend anyone, but this is just what it is. Or are you tapping into the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit? Where is that knowledge stream coming from? Right. And that knowledge stream of where it's coming from says a lot about if you are a prophet or are you prophetic or if you are a fortune teller and those who dabble in crystals and witchcraft and some of those things. And I know all my crystal people are going to say, you know, just because I use crystals and I burn sage doesn't make me Satan. I didn't say that. But what I am saying is look at where some of these, some of these practices derive, and I'm going to let you do your own research on that. So <laughs> often an inspired speaker and an interpreter of hidden things. Now, when I read this definition and nowhere did it mention just the church. And I need people to understand if you're prophetic, you're prophetic whether you're in church or you're not. Now, there's a difference between the office of a prophet 
and a prophetic person. I believe we all are prophetic. The scriptures bear that out in great detail. But I'm really focusing on the business person today. And you say, why? A prophet has the ability to see where there is nothing. Mm. Where there is nothing, the prophet sees. Mm. Think about your local entrepreneur. There is no business, but he sees a servicing concept or a product idea. And he may even be in uncharted territory. I'm not saying that he's in the office of a prophet, even though some are. They're called to the fivefold, and some of them are in the marketplace. I'm not saying everyone who's listening to me is a prophet, but I am saying that everyone who's listening to me has the ability to be prophetic. They have the ability to offer inspired words. They have the ability to interpret hidden things. They have that ability. We all do. We all have glimpses of the prophetic, even though we may not be in the office of a prophet. Mm. Stay with me. So a great, you know, many would call him one of the fathers of the prophetic. He wrote a book, Dr. Bill Hammond, The Day of the Saints. More than 90, this is a quote, more than 90% of the prophets in the Old Testament never function inside the walls of the temple. Mm. Let me bring this. Let me bring this home, y'all. If we brought this modern day, ninety percent of the prophets, if they were in modern day, would not be in church. Mm. They would not be functioning in the church. They would be functioning in the marketplace. Now, when I'm talking about the marketplace, I'm talking about anything not within the four walls of church. So, whether you're in government, whether you're in arts and entertainment, whether you're fo- focusing on the family, say you're a counselor, whether you're in, um, whether you're in business. Anything that is not within the frame of religion, outside of the spirit of religion, we're calling today the marketplace. Now, being that I'm a business guy, Kena's a businesswoman, when we talk about the prophetic, we typically are talking about the role of entrepreneurship, the business world, the marketplace. But I want to be very clear. Today, when we talk about the marketplace, we're talking about outside the four corners of the church, wherever your house of worship may be. We recognize there's churches everywhere, but we're talking outside the confines of religion. So I'm going to quote this. I'm gonna, I want to say this again. Based on this, this writer, the book's called The Day of the Saints. More than 90% of the prophets in the Old Testament, your Bible, never function inside the walls of the temple or the church or the synagogue or the mosque or whatever religious assembly in which they gathered. They never earned their income from church ministry. Let that sit there for a second. Mm. They did not earn their money from church. Most were business professionals or government officials. Mm. What, what you say about that, Kena? <sighs> now, today, <laughs> we think about nothing. the prophet. <laughs> we think about the guy who comes to your local church and says, thus saith the Lord. But when we see that quote, which happens to be true, I'm going to give you some examples today before we wrap this uh, podcast up. Most of them, 90% of the prophets did not function in the temple. Mm. But today when we think of the prophetic, we think of the prophet, we think about, you know, such and such prophet comes to town. We think about someone giving us a word, thus saith the Lord, and they go on with what they believe the Lord is telling them to say. But 90% of the prophets in the Old Testament, and I would even say in the New Testament, did not function inside the temple. I didn't say they didn't go to the temple. Mm. 
I said they didn't function inside the temple. Their whole ministry, their whole duties that they did on a daily basis was not surrounded by the church. But today, when we think about the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, pastor, teacher, we normally think about them within the four walls of a ministry somewhere. And what I'm endeavoring to tell you is we're looking to raise up prophetic voices who function outside the walls of church. Where everyone who believes like you may not find themselves in church. So who, who serves as the example? Mm-hmm. And again, most of the prophets of the Old Testament, because today we're talking about business prophets. So business people who are prophetic is what we're talking about. Most were business professionals or government officials. Now you say, okay, Kurt, Kena, I, I hear you. Kurt Keener, I hear you, but uh, I don't really know if I believe what you're saying right now. Mm-hmm. So let me tell you what a business profit looks like. You know, you when you when you were talking, I was thinking about um, you know, and, and bringing it in perspective to when whoever's listening to this podcast, I'm sure they're gonna you guys are getting ready to start like locating yourself. And when I think about times that. You know, we, I'm going to say we as a couple, entrepreneurs, um, tried to be involved with the ministry or in, you know, in our church ministry. Um, I feel that people always can see the leadership qualities and say, you know what, we're going to put y'all in charge of (laughs) so-and-so-and-so. We're going to put you in charge of this. We're going to put you in charge of that. Because that entrepreneurial spirit is just, it shines. You can't hide it. Can't hide it. And then when the Lord starts to give you revelation of that particular area within, within let's say, within ministry. I'm going I'm to use us as, as an example. Okay. Within the ministry, and the Lord starts showing you vision and saying, hey, in order for you all to do X, Y, and Z, you need to change. To, you need to shift things. And the Lord starts giving you, um, you know, a prophetic uh, interpretation, so to speak, as in the man, the man or woman of God, who's already the head of that particular church and mm-hmm. or organization, that vision should drip down to all parts of should. the church. Correct. So when the right people come along and they're put in the right positions and then you're unable to operate within the call of you being called to the marketplace, but you get recognized and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. We need your leadership over here. Mm -hmm. But then you're unable to perform those particular, you know, duties that the Holy spirit may be leading you to do for the upbuilding of the kingdom. I feel like a lot of us get frustrated in the ministry. Yes. We get aggravated and then we just throw our hands up and say, you know what? I just, I can't do this. Why is this such a struggle and a pull? And a lot of times you, the, the recognition of recognition, excuse me, of the prophetic gift that is on your life for the marketplace is just not recognized and, or is not accepted as that. Wow. And you know, you said something key. If you're prophetic in the marketplace, you're going to be prophetic in church. You're going to be prophetic wherever you go. And people may not always recognize what that looks like. Like We're going to tell you, we're going to give you some, some tangible things to kind of see if you're kind of prophetic. I'm not calling none of y'all prophets. 
but we're going to see if you're somewhat prophetic because we're going to give you some, some qualities, some traits that prophetic people, whether you are a prophet to the church, we're not focusing on church prophets today. We're focusing on business prophets today or prophetic people in the marketplace, meaning non-church. And I need you to understand that when you function in the marketplace, you're not saying, thus saith the Lord. Although you may be getting God-inspired ideas and witty inventions, how you present that in the marketplace looks very different than how you are presented in church. Because you could be in, in a boardroom with someone who may not believe like you. And so it may not be wise to say, the Lord said, but you can say what, you, what you're seeing or what you're feeling or what you're sensing and recognize it came from God, which could, could completely revolutionize that business. You may have an intuition or a hunch to move in a certain direction. And you may be actually leading these businesses. I believe wow. a lot of your business profits are entrepreneurs. Not all, but I believe a lot because that, that, that profit, just like we gave the, 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 the definition earlier, has the ability to um, interpret hidden things. They're often inspired speakers. They're often um, very charismatic. Mm -hmm. um, they move people when they speak because they speak with authority. They carry a certain weight mm -hmm. and a certain presence when they come into the room. <laughs> you call it influence, and it might just be the spirit of God on their life. And you mm -hmm. can't understand when they come into the room, they shift the whole atmosphere. Because, mm -hmm. see, they ain't just somebody carrying something with them mm -hmm. into the boardroom that does not change just because they at work. Um, but we, you know, we recognize these things in church, but they're not really recognized in the marketplace. But I'm going to give you a couple of things. You, a, a business profit may be called a strategist. They may be very strategic. Business profits are strategists who create and evaluate business plans and implementation actions. They may be both strategic as well as tactical. They may have the long-range plan. They can see what everyone else in the organization cannot see. That's number one. They could be market timers. Now, I don't believe that anyone can really truly time the market, but let's just say this. They might possess a supernatural gift of marketplace timing. Like they always seem to get there before everyone else does. <laughs> Sensing the right opportunities in the right market space at exactly the right time. When you, get, when you see people who always seem to get there before everybody else, we may call them trendsetters, they're probably prophetic people. Mm -hmm. I didn't say a prophet, even though some of them are prophets, by the way. They're prophetic people. Another three, this is a good one. They may be culture creators and culture shifters. They got a gift of analysis. They challenge the status quo. If everybody doing it, they're going to do the opposite. Mm -hmm. <laughs> to reveal to others what they need to prepare for the future. So are you strategic? Are you, do you understand the times and seasons? Market timing. Are you a culture creator or a culture shifter? You know, what comes to mind when I think about these three, there's three of Biddy. These are just three of many roles that or money functions that a prophetic person in the marketplace may have. I think of the futurist. Mm. You know, the people who kind of envision what the future is going to look like. I don't think they're smart enough to just come up with these futuristic ideas on their own. 
I believe they may be inspired, and I believe they may or may not know where that inspiration's coming from. You know, when I think about the story of Jeremiah in the Bible, Jeremiah, the Bible says that God, God knew him before when we say before you were born, I knew you. So you're born prophetic, mm. whether you realize it or not. Now, I'm not saying everybody's a prophet. But the ones who are prophets were born prophets. And the Bible says that the gifts and callings of God are without, are without repentance. So whether you come into a relationship with Christ or not, it doesn't erase who you are and the wiring sequence that came with that gifting and that function that's on your life. Anything you want to say, Kina? No, I, 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 I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, of course, you know, I mean, I'm listening and, listening and I'm locating myself because it makes sense that the area that I, I come from within my business and how I'm leading people is from a strategy perspective mm -hmm. that I can, I can literally listen to someone tell me what's going on in their business. And in that instant and in that moment, it's like in my brain, I'm already coming up with a full strategy on how to help solve their problem. And I might not have even looked at anything. I'm right. just assessing basically the damage. Yes. You know, and in that moment, God has just given me full insight of how to help them restructure and rearrange strategically to do different things and how it would really push their business in the right direction. But I know that doesn't, that's a part of me that literally didn't come from a book. Right. That's a part of me that turned on. I can't, I don't even know when it turned on, mm -hmm. but it turned on because I am a teacher and I am an educator, but outside of, my normal confines of teaching in a school, you know, like a cosmetology school um, and on a stage, those things begin to turn on in me and I've not been able to turn them off. Well, I get it. And you got people who are highly intuitive. They just know stuff. So let me talk about real quick or segue because Keena said something I think is key. Prophets, whether you are a prophet, office of the prophet, that's something God puts you in. That's not something you self-appoint yourself as. You're born a prophet. You can't say, I want to be a prophet. No, God makes you a prophet. But even if you're not a prophet, you can be prophetic. We all can be prophetic. Oh. But we're all, we're, everyone is not a prophet. But a prophet see, hear, know, and discern at a very high level. I mean, abnormal levels. They know stuff that they ain't got. And, and no one told them this stuff. They may see. And you say, what do you mean by seeing? They may see in their mind's eye. They get visual pictures, bursts of information. That may be how God primarily communicates to them. They may, they may just see things. And the world calls it the all-seeing the, uh, See, they go, they go, they go <laughs> to the demonic side of it. The demonic <laughs> side of the prophetic is the all-seeing eye, mm -hmm. the eye in the forehead. The, you know, look at the back of a, of a, a dollar bill, and that's the eye on the top, you know, the eye of Oris that's on the top of the pyramid. So anything that God puts into the earth, Satan's job is to try to pervert it mm -hmm. and, and distort it. So, you know, you just hear some prophets hear verbally. I mean, almost like someone was speaking to them. Like they'll hear the voice of God yes. verbally in their ear. Yes. Some hear on the inside of them. It's that st still soft voice, which is how most of us hear, by the way. Yes. Some prophets see. Sometimes they see with their physical eye. They may see something hanging out over your head. 
or they may see something that it's, it's a supernatural experience. Some see in their minds, eye on the inside of them, a picture light up on the inside of them. Some just know stuff. No one told them. They look at you and they know stuff about you that no one told them. And you're like, how did you know this about me? And, you, and if you've been in church services with a prophetic voice, they'll come and they'll tell you something about your past or your future, or that's called a word of knowledge. Or they may tell you something about your future, which is a word of wisdom. So present and past information is a word of knowledge. Future information is a word of wisdom, which is outlined in the scriptures. Go ahead. I see you. Um, while you were talking, uh, I saw the number 1014. Um, like a date, ten fourteen. So I don't know who is listening to this podcast or watching this podcast and their birth date is October 14th. But I believe that this podcast was meant for you because you have been trying to understand and figure out um, your role uh, as an entrepreneur in the marketplace as a child of God. And some of the things that you've been going may have been going through in your business hasn't been lining up and you've been trying to figure out, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the wrong thing? So I'm here to encourage you that um, you're doing the right thing by being here, listening to this podcast, because you, you're going to get the answer to your question. Amen. And that is the prophetic in motion. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about some business profits or marketplace profits in your Bible. Now, Remember I quote from earlier, 90% of the prophets in the Old Testament did not function inside of a church. Let's give you some tangible examples. Amos, the book of Amos, that book that many of y'all probably don't know exists in your Bible. <laughs> he was a farmer, but he was a prophet. Amen. David, we all know David, at least most of you. Most folks who, who know something about church know about David. You think about David and Goliath, mm -hmm. where David was a shepherd, as we know, before Samuel anointed him with oil. He was a warrior, and he was a king. Then we got Deborah. She was a prophetic voice mm -hmm. in, in the realm of government. She was a judge. Mm -hmm. Then we got Nathan. He was, a, he was a prophet. He was the advisory staff, chief of staff, as you want to call him, to, to David, David the king. These were prophets in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And many of you listening to me today are either business profits or you have a prophetic grace on your life for a business. Amen. Key characteristics of business profits. We gave you three earlier. We'll give you some more. So we talked about earlier how they were strategists, market timers, and culture creators. Here's some more. So I want you to find yourself today if you have a prophetic grace on your life as it relates to the marketplace or to business, the ability to prove on others' ideas. You see something and just no one told you, you know how to just course correct that thing and make it better. Mm -hmm. You challenge the status quo. Prophetic people, when they make their mind up, good luck trying to change it. <laughs> <laughs> Another one, they create strategies and systems to implement the apostle's vision. Mm. Now, let me talk about the apostle for, the sec for a second. Mm. Some of you guys are not just prophetic. Some of you are apostolic. Apostolic may look like the trendsetter. 
These are the people who go into territory that has not been explored. They, they beat the ground up. They trade out new territory, and they create something where something did not exist. And they have this ability to endure hardness and opposition just like you've never seen. Mm-hmm. So prophetic people and apostolic people partner well together. Prophetic people point the way, and the, apo- the apostolic people, a lot of these are serial entrepreneurs, by the way, a lot of your apostolic folks are serial entrepreneurs in the church. They may, they may, they may take the form of church planting. They may take the form of huge trainers, creating prophetic um, schools and, and different training systems to equip uh, large groups of people. Um, these may be your franchise ors. These are the ones who create franchises for other people to buy into. That's what that person could look like. Those are just a couple of things that's in no way is that all inclusive of what we're going to call a business apostle. But going back to the, the business profit, they encourage and exhort others to attack their problems and challenges. These are the people who encourage you not to quit. Mm-hmm. They may go, they may be going through they self, but they find enough strength and conviction to help you through, <laughs> even through they, even when they got their own stuff going, going on. on. They have unique insights and perspective. You talk to them, you walk away like, man, mm. I never thought about that before. Because they're getting that knowledge and insight maybe from the Holy Spirit. They are intuitive problem solvers. They have a way of looking at your problem and seeing things that you never saw before. You walk away saying, man, this thing was right below my nose the whole time. Like the old people say, if it was a snake, it would have been. They recognize, business profits, they recognize and partner with other prophetic people. Amen. This is the word I'm like to use for this. They know how to create synergistic strategic partnerships prophetic people business profits like hanging out with other business profits because they understand how each other are wired other people are like you know that person's a little strange but (laughs) other people they just get you because they understand the dna that's on the inside of you prophetic business profits recognize potential pitfalls and hurdles to come Mm. This mm. goes back to that market timing. They're able to see around the bend. Come on, they now. see it coming before they see it coming. Come on now, business profits speak up about injustices. Mm. They are not going to turn their eye to corruption. Mm. They are going to be the social justice warriors. Mm. They're going to stand up for truth at all cost. Mm. They just going to speak up. Amen. They speak up when something is going wrong. Or they serve the warning. Hey, I wouldn't do that if I was you. Mm. That's a prophetic voice. So I hope some of these characteristics are helping you see if, A, you are maybe prophetic Mm. or you're a prophet. Remember, you don't get to choose if you're a prophet. Mm. That's an appointment that comes from God. But you can choose to be prophetic. You can learn to be prophetic. But only God can place you in the office of a prophet. How business profits equip the saints. You had something you wanted to say. Go ahead, girl. I I just can't do it. I just want to let everybody know it's going to be a part two because this is blowing my mind right now. There's, I mean, if at this point, anybody listening should be able to like really locate themselves because 
and those characteristics. You may you may carry three of those characteristics. You know what I'm saying? You may carry all of them. I don't know. Right. But the thing about it is, like you said, under just understanding like why am I wired this way? Why every time when I sit in a business meeting, am I the one that is ready to solve the problem? Like right. how, why is it I can be sitting around a, a table of a group of friends and I can be listening and I, I have their answer to their problem. Why every time I go to a, you know what I'm saying? Whatever. I can go in a grocery store. And I can see what's going on and say, if they just change this, this, and this, this whole system could work a whole work lot better. Be more efficient. Right. They have the ability to make these small, minor adjustments. We are going to have a part two because next week I need you to talk about that oil. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to let you call what Kena did. Kena was at a business conference this weekend. We're oh, going to say that no, for part two. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. So business profits equip the saints. My God. Business profits are the ones who sense the future and adjust plans to be successful. They partner with other business profits or other business leaders to maximize the business impact ultimately for the kingdom of God. Some of the ways a business profit equips equips their team include um, they alert the team of, of competitive attacks against the competition and not only just alert them, they also come up with the countermeasure or the strategy to bypass or to endure the impacts of the attack. Mm. So either A, they learn, they show the team how to sidestep the attack, or B, how to properly brace themselves so that they are not caught off guard. Wow. They create action steps for the business apostles' vision. They create what-if scenario plans of alternative action in case of failure or misstep. Now, I'm an engineer, and one of the things uh, I used to work for an organization, and we used to do system engineering practices. Now, I'm a computer engineer by training. We called it alternative of analysis. That's what we called it. But prophetic people, they do that just second nature. They declare God's word over situations and people. The most powerful thing that a prophet possesses is his mouth. And he understands the power of his words. And he understands that his words are like the rudder of a ship and they steer the course. So they will often hear them making positive declarations based on God's word about situations and people fully believing wow. that God is going to change the situation. If we go back, I believe it's second Chronicles 20 and 20. It says, if you believe the, if you believe in God, you will be established. If you believe the prophet, you will prosper. So I believe that um, prophets also encourage and exhort other prophets to speak up boldly about their revelations, insights, and I'm going to add another one, their ideas. Mm. Business prophets, this is, how they, this is how they equip the saints for those who believe in, in, in Christ Jesus. And this is also how they equip teams because they recognize in the business world all your teammates may not believe like you, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But they promote and release creativity and fresh perspective into all operations. So remember, Kena just gave you all an example. She can go in the store. She was like, man, if they do this and this and this and this, that's she's talking about creativity and fresh perspective to modify, change, transform, paradigm shift organizations. Mm -hmm. And this is the most important thing business profits do. They train others on how to hear the voice of God. 
Amen. They train others how to hear God's voice because the business prophet realizes that his source, his information, his downloads come from the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And although you may or may not be saved, God speaks to us all. and He helps you learn how to lean into that still, small voice on the inside of you. Call it the Holy Spirit. Call it tuition. Call it something told me. The prophet helps you understand how to harness that potential and how to tap into it on, a, on, a, on another level. My God, my God, my God. Well, you are 47 minutes into this podcast, <laughs> and we know that we are getting ready to break away. And I know you're getting ready to go into the next portion of this podcast because a part two to this podcast is getting ready to take y'all to another level. So y'all are just getting the part one right now. So Curtis, I mean, let's, let's jump into the next part of your podcast. I know you're going to uh, send us out with a, a word of wisdom. Yes. And then pray for the people. Absolutely. Well, th- first of all, thank you for being my co-host today. I hope you will join us for part two. Yes. You know, this podcast goes out typically on Mondays, but you know, Kina had a, an amazing week where she was able to pour out into all of the people in attendance at the ladies um, conference as she talked about entrepreneurship. And so be quite honest, your boy was a little tired, (laughs) (laughs) but we, I had to get, I had to get this recorded and I asked Kina to join me. I didn't know quite where where this was going. Um, I had my things, of course, I wanted to address, but Kina and I, um, and I don't say this, Boastfully, we both are prophets in the marketplace. Yes. And we, we say that boldly because we want this to become normal. Mm-hmm. You, we have not heard people say they were prophets in the marketplace. Everyone wants to be a church prophet, and ain't nothing wrong with that. Our job is to raise and grow and build entrepreneurs. You know, we have a personal mandate where we're trying to grow um, now we're not trying. We're going to grow a thousand entrepreneurs in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. So it's because of that that you're going to start seeing teachings like these that are going to um, help push you into your next dimension. Now I do. I am. We are doing a better job with our with our YouTube and our Instagram. We got some amazing um, announcements coming soon that we're not quite ready to tell you guys yet. But I am going to advise you to go to the show notes. Um, you're going to see how to access the YouTube channel. You're going to start getting more information from both Kina and I. Some of it we'll do collectively. Some of it we'll do individually. Um, but also it's our Instagrams. And we're going to invite you to connect. So if you're listening to this podcast and you have not subscribed, subscribe now. Leave a comment and share it with someone else that you believe this conversation can be value added to. So I would really admonish you to do that. Again, my contact information and Keena's contact information will be in the show notes. Um, And we're going to get ready to wrap this up. But before we do, before we do, and also on our Instagram, don't just go look and lurk. Give us a follow. Give us a follow. Drop us a note in the DM. My personal Instagram is uh, C Merriweather, J-R, that's C. My first name starts with a C, Meriwether and J.R. Of course, I'm a junior. 
at Instagram, and you can also find Kina at the Retail Boss. On, I, I am. The I am. Boss. Excuse me. <laughs> I am the Retail Boss on Instagram. That's Give right. us a follow. I also drop um, links to our YouTube channels as well, so you can follow and connect. You're gonna want to definitely um, stay engaged because we have some interesting developments happening. God has been blessing us, and we're super super happy to share that information with you guys um, going forward. Also, you can also follow me on Clubhouse. I have not been on Clubhouse as much as of late, but it is C-A-M-J-R-7-8. Again, that will be um, in the show notes as well. But before we get ready to leave, let me just offer a word of prayer very quickly for our listenership. Um, so, Keena, you, you you, are you going to pray for us? Is it on me? This is your podcast, oh, sir. Oh, see how she tossed that back <laughs> at me, guys? This is your podcast. See how she tossed that back, guys? <laughs> That's not a problem. Though. I'm going to pray. Father, we thank you, Father, for every listener that tuned into the podcast today. We pray that wisdom and revelation, knowledge, and insight will flow freely to them. We speak and we decree and declare that the angels of God are encamped around about them to guard them, protect them, keep them safe from hurt, harm, or danger. Yes. We thank you, Father, in their night watches, Lord, while they sleep. You'll give them wisdom, knowledge, revelation, divine insight, let never before. We believe and declare that the cricket places in their lives, Father, will be made straight. And we thank you, Father, you'll start downloading strategic ideas and witty inventions yes. and product ideas and servicing kinds concepts on the inside of them to either transform the organizations in which they already work Hallelujah. or either be to move their own corporate enterprises into the next dimension in you. And we thank you, Father, they won't just use their gifts, sit on their gifts in the marketplace, Father, but they'll use those gifts for your glory mm -hmm. and for your edification to transform, yes. rearrange, and pivot their industries under your leading and your guiding and under your spirit, Father. And we believe it's so. We believe it's done. We thank you, Father, that the purposes and plans of God will be made alive in their, in their lives. Lord, we believe you'll speak to them in specific detail, not in vague impressions. And we believe, Father, when you speak, they'll hear your voice clearly. They, yes. they will obey quickly and immediately. Yes. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we believe they step out in faith. Yes. We believe as we sow the seed of the word of God, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And we thank you, Father, there'll be doers of your word and not just hearers only. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Kina, I thank you for joining me today. It has been an amazing conversation. I truly appreciate you. And I hope you join me next week. And for all of our listeners, I want you to enjoy the remainder of your day. Have a great weekend, and we'll hear, we'll see you. But we'll you'll hear from us again next week. And until next time. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Business Profit Podcast. Please share, subscribe, rate, and leave a comment so others like you can find this podcast too. If you would like to connect with me please use the links in the show notes to connect with me on all social media platforms. I welcome the opportunity to hear from you. Have a blessed week. Until next time.